0: another episode of The Legal Marketing Studio, the bi-weekly podcast examining best-in-class examples of branding, strategy, content, and technology in legal marketing. We are devoted to exploring successful initiatives, innovative campaigns, promising technologies, or effective proven strategies for developing new business at law firms from the largest international firm to the solo attorney. The podcast is a production of Picture More Business, a corporate photography studio with a core focus on the legal industry and providing the full gamut of photography services for law firms. I'm Michael Meyer, the host of The Legal Marketing Studio. In this episode, I am delighted to be speaking with Anne Hetherington. Anne is a marketing strategist whose experience encompasses both sides of the sales process. She's worked for and with startups, small and mid-sized businesses, law firms, technology providers, media and production companies, events organizers, and marketing agencies. She led the sales efforts for ALM Events and Discovery Mining before working as the marketing manager for Consilio and later as the marketing director for Prior Cashman. She's currently a freelance producer and consultant. And welcome to the Legal Marketing Studio.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So I think the most important thing, we're going to talk about selling uh, and particularly selling to law firms. Uh, and as we talked about sort of before, as we were sort of warming up for this, selling within law firms, mm-hmm. uh, which is super important. We're going to get to that. Uh, but I wanted to start just by looking sort of at like, the broad picture of what the legal market looks like, uh, what some of the challenges and some of the pressures that these firms are facing as they're trying to develop business. And I think we might start with the hyper-competitive nature of mm-hmm. the market, uh, mm-hmm. big firms getting bigger and fewer of them. And on the smaller side, lots of solo attorneys, lots of small and medium-sized firms, all competing for less and less legal services in a way mm-hmm. and competing against you know, this ing- ingress of technology, um, which is, you know, across the board, all industries. So let's start with that, that the, uh, the overarching picture of the legal market.
1: Well, when it comes to law firms actually trying to sell services, sell their services to the, to the marketplace, be they looking at selling to entrepreneurs or Fortune 500 GCs, it's always the case, as any legal marketer knows, identifying differentiators that are that are really going to resonate with an audience. And you know, we're in New York, and there's no shortage of good lawyers. And uh, there's also no shortage of lawyers who will tell you that they're they're focused on their clients and they're interested in. Uh, they're time sensitive, they're responsive, you know, these are all the the givens, honestly. And so finding that deeper level of differentiator is essential. I think for the bigger firms where they're realizing um, they have an advantage is or the best strategy is really to look at it, practice, topic, subject, a way to showcase expertise through content, through uh, engagement. That process illustrates, I think, I think where, where you have to get back to is show, don't tell. Those things may all be true. How do you show them through the content you create, through the pitches that you have, through the, you know, I, I had a conversation once with a GC from a Fortune 100 company who said, you know, they know my business, it's banking, it's finance, I don't know why they brought the entertainment partner to my meeting. You know, making sure that you understand the client before you go in. And that's the same thing is true, whether you're a firm trying to sell services to the world at large, whether you're a technology provider trying to sell services to law firms. Again, you have a very noisy marketplace. So how are you going to illustrate that you have value to them? And if you're a marketer and trying to sell your ideas or sell initiatives internally, it all comes down to the same thing. You have to know your audience and you have to speak to them and to their needs and to what they value and what's going to make them look good, what's going to make their life easier, what's going to save them time, um, and what's going to make them money. It's always the same same principles, but your audience needs to know that you understand them, not that you understand yourself. We hope that you understand yourself. You should know what you're good at, I know.
0: Now, the other thing else that I hinted at in that question, and that I think is really important, uh, is that law firms are very slow moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're slow moving in the, in the decision making process. They're slow moving in adopting new technologies, mm-hmm. and in giving up old technologies. Mm-hmm. You know, What is it that makes the industry sort of resistant to moving on and trying new things or resistant to even, you know, as you've said and as past guests have said, even the resistance to to actually selling themselves? Mm -hmm.
1: What causes it? Well, isn't that the isn't that the mystery? We should speak to all of their therapists immediately. I mean, what causes it is it's fundamentally it's both the I think the the intrinsic personality that that makes a lawyer successful you know, having worked with a lot of litigators over the years and sold into litigators or worked with litigators within the firm, you're dealing with the most skeptical people you've ever met. That's their job is to poke holes in everything that comes by them. And that's true even for contractual attorneys. For They've been taught if they're successful, what they do well is find that little itty bitty loophole or hang up that they need to solve, they need to point out. So Unfortunately, that extends to every part of their lives, and in particular, anything you're, you're trying to convince them of, even when it's in their best interest. And then from the standpoint of slow moving or risk averse, again, that's, that's a very uh, – they didn't get into law because they wanted to, you know, the I don't tech. know, change the world or right. develop or innovate. They got into law because they want to work with people and they want to solve problems. So speaking to them, I think, in their language of how what you do or how what you're selling or the service that you provide or the product that you're offering solves their problem. That's going to that's gonna make sense to them. Explaining why the best, greatest, new technology is the best, greatest new technology. They're tuning that out. They're terrified of it. They don't know technology, and they, they don't want to, and I don't blame them. It's not their job. So in that sense, it's gotta, you've got to show that it serves them in order to propel any kind of innovation in their, in their world. It might not be an innovation in reality, but it's an innovation as far as their business is concerned.
0: I mean, I think another part of it is sort of the hierarchy of law firms. Mm-hmm. And you've, you know, you've been on both sides of selling the law firms and working within the law firm. Uh, could you talk a bit about the hierarchy and the challenges that the hierarchy of law firms, you know, the, the partner structure, you know, the challenges that creates both to make things happen internally mm-hmm. and to sell externally, um, you know, to to know who even to talk to sometimes.
1: The hierarchy is always an issue, and one of the challenges with firms is every firm is different. So, for the person who is marketing internally, for the person who's trying to sell, let's say technology, it might apply to the marketer. It might also involve the CIO. Uh, might involve the litigation technology people. There may be any number of people that have to look at this decision. I think one of the big challenges is understanding or finding a way to bridge the balance between selling and appealing to the, for lack of a better word, support staff within a firm that are really going to be the ones probably executing and, and using the thing that you're, you know, or managing the thing that you're, that you're offering. And the attorneys that are going to trump every decision that any su- support staff makes. And finding the balance there, because attorneys don't like to get blindsided and the support staff don't like to get blindsided. And yet you need advocates on both sides of the fence. I'd say that the best, you know, if you're internal at a firm, you understand your firm's hierarchy in a, in a, in a better way. Um, although if you've just joined a firm, you're going to have to suss all this stuff out in the beginning. And again, having your advocates, um, identifying people who may not be the decision maker, but are on your side to get your point They get what you're trying to accomplish. Um, You need to empower people who can carry the conversation forward within the firm in these in these uh, conversations that are going to require consensus, that are going to require a lot of hole poking and you know uh, skepticism and convincing. And I think also, um, this is always true: make very good friends of all the secretaries. They know everything. And they know even, let's say, within their practice group, who runs the show, who thinks they run the show, uh, who will say that they run the show but don't run the show at all, and how to best approach, you know, the attorney that you're dealing with, let's say. So how do they like to be communicated with? Are you going to get better results from a phone call, from an email? Um, What is their timeline? What is their schedule? Uh, So much of succeeding in getting an initiative or buy-in is going to come down to timing and getting things to the right people.
0: You know, one thing that you say uh, on your LinkedIn bio, you have this line about all sales being B2C, and that in the end it comes down to just earning the trust of a human being. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of what you're talking about is that there's so many layers and so many people whose trust you need to earn, and so many people who you need to, as you say, empower mm-hmm. to then earn the trust of someone else on your behalf. Mm-hmm. So, the question I, I guess that that brings me to is how do you, I mean, to say how do you do that is sort of uh, such a broad. Magic. Ma- magic, right. Uh, <laughs> what's the silver bullet? You know, what are the questions you need to ask as you're selling into the for- firm or as a marketer internally who has to sell within the firm and try and get things moving. What are the kinds of questions that you need to be asking to kind of get those answers to figure out who is actually making the decision, who's influencing the decision, and how can you kind of work within the currents of that of the politics Mm -hmm. of that firm? And before you answer it, you just want to note, you know, these are I mean, these are challenges that are just just inherent in the industry. Exactly. Every Every industry industry is going to have its, um,
1: uh, you know, idiosyncrasies. And uh, legal certainly has a lot of idiosyncrasies, just based purely on the partnership structure. You can start right there and the function that their business you know offers in life uh, that's very different than what you're trying to do. Uh, but every industry thinks they're special uh, every industry and every business has certain goals and and actually, what I would say in response to that, you know knowing that you're going to have to ask always ask a lot of questions. And ask questions of people, like I said, secretaries who are safe, and they're going to be able to help you get to the right person at the right time, more than you just, you know, uh, shooting darts against a wall and hoping that you get them. I I think that sales always comes down to how it benefits the person on the receiving end. And while the larger, the larger pitch, if you will, is how this initiative, product, service, offering, benefits the firm or benefits a particular practice group is going to drive revenue is going to save money is going to make processes more efficient at each step along the way and each person that you talk to has their own agenda has their own agenda within the firm is, has something maybe that they're trying to achieve in their own advancement has something that their maybe their goals are in terms of revenue and they also have certain fears you know they're going to have fears about putting forward anything that doesn't make them look good. And I I think having those conversations and sort of sussing that out so you can provide a level of comfort at every stage in the process with each person. And it's not going to be a blanket answer. It's going to be based, again, this is where secretaries come in really handy. Let's say you know it's a junior partner and they're trying to get more recognition within the firm. This could be an excellent advocate for you, assuming that you can get their buy-in. Because they're trying to they're trying to accomplish something. They're trying to get noticed. If you can give them a tool that helps them get noticed, that's actually more important to them than the tool itself. You know, so you, you're always playing to a human being's very base needs for <laughs> love, affection, and a roof over one's head. You know, that's that's ultimately what it always comes down to.
0: I think that sort of brings up you know as you're communicating, you know, a lot of people who work in marketing, people who are salespeople, they think of the emotional aspect of -hmm. selling. And I think particularly in law firms, the lyrical, the sort of fuzzy aspects of selling and brand and benefit doesn't work necessarily. I mean, I think it really has to come back to hard facts, hard data on, you know, what is the benefit going to be? Mm -hmm. And the more specific that that benefit is, um, and the more clearly you can communicate that, I think that's You've been talking about that earlier. I mean, do you want to go into that a little bit about sure. how to how to structure your comments and how to communicate in that way?
1: Well, you know, again, it all comes back to knowing your audience. And in this case, knowing your audience, it, it's not, you know, it's really not rocket science. You appeal to them on their own playing field. What are the things that are going to counteract or respond to a higher level of skepticism or an intense level of attention to detail? or risk aversity. Speak to them in their language or present things in their language and you're going to have a better chance of also them being able to repeat it to somebody else. In other words, they're not going to believe you just because you said so. <laughs> Even if you work there and you take a check from them, they're not going to believe you because you said so. But what will help them is understanding, have other firms done this? Has it been successful? Is there a business case for it that can be articulated in the marketplace? Are there articles that can support what you're talking about? Is there data, facts, reality, proof, external sources, uh, statistics? All of those things are going are gonna to matter. You know, like you were saying, it's, it comes down to trust. They have to trust that the offering, service, initiative, whatever, is, is grounded in a proven reality. They're not going to be the first adopters of a technology. They're not going to be innovators in social media. But if you can get them to the place of understanding, again, the value and the benefit, but in a language and with examples that are both meaningful And reassuring, you know, trust comes down to feeling comfortable and confident in what you're, you know, I need to feel comfortable and confident in what I'm selling. And if I'm able to present that with with data, um, I can pass along that comfort and confidence to them.
0: For small firms or larger firms, the admins or the marketing folks sort of are caught in the middle Mm -hmm. of this in a way. What kind of questions should they be asking How much should they be structuring the communications that they're having with vendors in order to get the information that they need to sell internally to get what they see as being effective? Because I know know marketers and I know the admins that I've talked to, they all want to try the new tools. I mean, they generally want Mm -hmm. to try and push forward. Mm -hmm. What do they need to be doing to get the information that they need to sell internally? How do they need to be structuring for those outside salespeople?
1: Well, I think... To the degree that they can offer any pitch, internal, external, uh, the more specific it is, the more tailored it is to that particular client or that particular audience, the higher the greater the chances of success and implementation or, or adoption. So the more intelligence the administrative or you know, support side of things can provide about their audience is going to allow that pitch or that, you know, that um, presentation to resonate um, with the uh, the attorneys that may or may not be involved. So where support staff can be incredibly helpful is in, you know, obviously the articulating some of the politics and the ego and the process and timeline and any other kinds of general idiosyncrasies. But where they can really add value is to the degree that they understand it, the firm's goals, what they're trying to achieve, what some of the challenges might be, um, maybe in, you know, in in ways that it might not be obvious, but is the firm trying to recruit more laterals? Are they moving, you know, are they putting a particular emphasis on a particular practice area? Is there, let's say, you know, you have a certain kind of technology would there be a business case for a particular practice area using that or testing that or giving them some, some access to it in a way that proves out the, the concept? I think that understanding how whatever it is that you're presenting fits into the larger firm plan, fits into the larger practice group plan, or solves problems that, they're, that are at that larger level, the bigger the impact. Of your product, and or at least the bigger the impact that you can state, uh, this will increase firm revenue by X percent. This will help attract, you know, attorneys who are looking for this kind of um, this kind of support, these kinds of tools. You know, having worked at a, at a smaller firm that was doing a lot of re- recruiting of lateral um, partners from very large firms, they had expectations. Those attorneys had expectations of certain support tools and processes that that mid-sized firm had really not felt a pressure to take on. So if you can establish that you can attract more or or they're going to need this, they're going to ask for it. You should be able to provide it. Don't get caught on your heels. Get ahead of it. You know, that kind of a thing. So I'd, I'd say, you know, you really have to know the, the firm as a whole animal and where it's, where it's headed. And for the marketing and support people who don't know the answers to these questions, this is a, good, uh, is a good place for them to start in trying to find the answers. They're not always let in on those kinds of, um, you know, problems or, or strategic goals, assuming the firm has strategic goals. You know, and when you're dealing with smaller, smaller, smaller firms or solo practitioners, I mean, there's a huge advantage there because the person who's making the decision is probably also the person you're talking to, is probably also has his name on the sign outside. And they are much more conscious of the business that they are running. The larger the firm, the more distanced, I think, attorneys come recognize that they are in that process.
0: In in the beginning of the answer, I mean, you you hardly mentioned revenue and sort of the end dollar profitability of the firm, hardly at all. I mean, a lot of it was, a lot of those goals aren't necessarily dollar related. Mm -hmm. Whereas for the small attorneys that I've worked with, I think growing the revenue is certainly much more important because it's much more, you know, they feel like Mm -hmm. you were saying that business aspect of it much more.
1: Yeah. I would literally say that in those cases... Every single thing that you're pitching has to relate to business development, has to relate to revenue generation. If you can't make a case for it, they have no reason to spend any money on it.
0: <laughs> for small firms, you're saying? Yeah. And for bigger firms, maybe there are other priorities that you might be willing to sell, that you should be looking to sell to, rather than exactly. just the simple dollar and cents. Well, I wanted to just get to a little bit about how to communicate with firms. Mm-hmm. And I know, again, this is, you know, you have a you bring in 10 Bold marketing letters,
1: people. you know, red type, Highlight.
0: <laughs> right. Big. Um, I mean, I think it comes down to you're not selling lyrically, you're selling very factually. Is it, I mm-hmm. mean, with law firms, is it okay to be text heavy? Is it okay to communicate in ways where it's, you know, clean and good, but not necessarily flashy?
1: It certainly depends on the specific communication. You know, how you communicate in email is going to be different than maybe how you communicate in a document. Law firms, one of those particular idiosyncrasies is... They're they're generally billing on seven minute increments. Their time is literally money. And to waste their time is to lose both credibility. Again, it's knowing your audience. It's saying, I don't know you. I don't know what's important to you. I don't know what you need. You know, it's interesting actually from a marketing perspective. It's the same argument for how firms present themselves to to attract clients. You know, on the one hand they say, you know, their time um, they're conscious of time and they're efficient and everything. And then they write three pages of a bio, a fifteen hundred word bio, and expect clients to understand that they're no, oh, no, they're actually time. They're sensitive to your time, you know. They but teaching them and is a whole another story. I would say that it has to be brief. It has to be to the point. You use bullets. You use all those things, all those tools, you select out text where the big points are. You you almost do it. I, I communicate with attorneys and actually I worked my way into marketing from sales because the kinds of information and documents I would create as a salesperson were the same kinds of tools I would need as a marketer. And I, I found myself moving in that direction. And you present it to them just as you would you know you are marketing to them so digestible bits of information always bringing it back to the um to the point of value to them and to the firm and um you know then you can support it with deeper dive once and you're in the door and it's yeah once you're in the door and also you know giving them the tools here's the rundown in the email this is something you can forward this is something that they can physically say they can they can repeat this, you know, uh, with with some clarity, and then you provide the subsequent that sort of source material, um, which they can share, which they can print out, which they can, you know, read on the train. Which you know, one of the advantages they do like details, so when you provide that, they just need to do it on their own terms so understanding that the communications you send during the middle of the day are going to be a little different you know you you can still give them the information they need i just do it do it as a something they can digest at their leisure if they have leisure
0: you know a lot of law firms you know they're not adopting the new technologies in terms of let's say like social media for instance mm-hmm. not a lot of firms are doing a lot with some of the newer social media platforms How important is it for vendors to use those tools in the other direction, though, for creating relationships either directly with partners or for creating relationships with the gatekeepers, you know, the marketing people, the administrative people, the other support staff through which you're going to try and get into the firm?
1: So using social media tools that they may not take advantage of, but how you're using them?
0: Well, they may not take advantage of as creators. Right. But they they are are they, they consuming it? Are
1: they consumers? You know, I think that's an, um, we're still on a cusp, if you will, between the younger group of attorneys that are moving up in the ranks and beginning to take on power positions and the older attorneys who still hold those power positions and influence a lot of the decision making still that's happening at the firm. And as those things move forward, even though I think attorneys don't, generally feel the same kind of need you just have a generational difference in in comfort and adoption and and an understanding that these things apply in their life they use them in their life they they keep track of their kids on facebook they you know they they follow they get their news now maybe more through social media you may not have the the audience that you want now but they're coming <laughs> and again i think with attorneys the more ways you present material, the more ways you present your expertise. They get to pick and choose the manner in which they like to receive information, not to mention when they want to receive information. You know you have the attorney that's online at midnight, so Twitter actually might be a really good way to communicate with that person <laughs> or to to share your um to share what it is that you're sharing with LinkedIn or et cetera. Um, and then you know you have people accessing information at all different kinds of times of the day and and you have to be present in the social universe whether you like it or not so i'd say don't get discouraged if it's not you know it's not your biggest audience now you have to find ways to push your content wherever you push it i'd say that you're still doing a lot to attract maybe media or other kinds of buzz with social you know, I don't know how much engagement you're going to get from attorneys, but the the tide is changing. They will follow. They just may not be there yet.
0: So I just wanted to wrap up, and I was hoping you might have two takeaways. One for, you know, outside vendors. You know, what's if they think of nothing else from this conversation, what should they take away? Um, and then the other for internal marketers. What should they really be looking to do? You know, one thing that, that really will help them sell internally, that can really help take these outside vendors who are bringing useful, valuable tools mm. and innovative tools and help them implement those at their firms to get buy-in to do that?
1: I think that I'll answer the part two first. And that's, I think the best, um, wherever you can to create a proof of concept within the firm, uh, vendors are usually extremely willing to work with you on anything that's going to get this deal done. Um, so whether it's to... Um, you know, test out a business development coaching program, whether it's to uh, implement a different kind of a, a CRM or, let's say, an email marketing, you know, uh, a system, if you can position, um, you know, you find the group or the attorneys, the handful of attorneys that are enthusiastic, that have a proven record of participation and being able to sustain it, um, that... You can use for whatever, however you want to test out this theory and, and essentially position it to its best chance of success. You know, and if it doesn't succeed, you've learned something there, too. You, you, there's still that takeaway. But the goal is to create, create the ideal environment, the little incubator, uh, for this concept to prove itself out. Once you have that within the firm, you know, let's say you just use the immigration group to show that email newsletters matter. Once you have that within the firm and you have also now partner advocates within the firm who felt like they got benefit out of what it is that they did, uh, you're usually going to be able to expand that if it makes sense and expand it again to attorneys or units or teams that are going to be able to take advantage of it. Anything that's firm-wide, like CRM or something like that, is a nightmare. You know, every every marketer knows, every CIO knows. That's a nightmare. But these small-batch <laughs> artisanal projects are um, really positioned. It, it also makes everybody look good. makes that marketer look good. You have a higher, better reputation within the firm. The better your reputation within the firm, the more you're going to be able to get done. As far as... Um, you know, from the outside, patience, 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 dear vendors. Uh, I think there's uh, you know, as I was saying, being able to provide facts and all of that is is interesting. You have to be persistent and patient in equal measure through this sales process. And one of the things that will help you is to continually build the relationship not just in good faith between you and the firm and the attorneys and the support staff, but also to continually prove your case because they will revert back into skepticism. They will revert back into new questions. So as you see things in the marketplace that that underscore what you're trying to say is the, is the, is the result, stay in communication, pass along articles, pass along information. It's the more value you offer them, even in just paying attention to the kinds of issues that you know are interesting to the firm or the kinds of questions that they're having about how to develop business or how to generate revenue or things like that. If you can keep inserting yourself in the conversation, something other than make a decision yet, you make a decision yet, you're going to earn that trust times 20. And hopefully at the end of it will you know, could be a year later, but hopefully at the end of it, walk away with a piece of business.
0: Well, Anne, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Legal Marketing Studio podcast. The Legal Marketing Studio is a production of Picture More Business, a full-service corporate photography studio focused on the legal industry based in Brooklyn, New York, and working with clients nationally. If your firm is updating its website, hiring new attorneys, or revamping its brand and marketing materials, give us a call. We'd love to explore collaborative opportunities. More information can be found at picturemorebusiness.com. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe. The Legal Marketing Studio can be found on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Extended content, including photographs and links, can be found on our website, legalmarketing.studio. Note that there's no .com. It's just legalmarketing.studio. Would you like to appear on the Legal Marketing Studio or know someone who might? Please send an email to producer at legalmarketing.studio or reach out via the contact page on our website, legalmarketing.studio. That's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening.